Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Company's podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each episode showcases one of Davy's certified arborists sharing advice with everyone about caring for your trees and landscapes. We'll talk about everything from introduced pests, seasonal tree care, deer damage, how to make your trees thrive, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more because here at the Talking Trees Podcast, we know trees are the answer. Our guest today is Travis McDonald. He is a district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in Minnesota. Travis, how are you today? I'm doing well, Doug. Good morning. Good morning. We're talking all about our favorite topic, which is deer, and I'm in Deer Central. But before we get to that, we talked earlier this week. I, I really wanted you to, to tell people how you came to this job and why it's so important to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, uh, I've been with a David Tree Expert company for over 12 years. And, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm originally from uh, New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, so I, uh, I found out about this particular company from um, one of our vice presidents of the David Tree Expert company. And uh, he asked me if I ever thought about uh, potentially becoming a consulting arborist and kind of told me about what Davy Tree does and, uh, you know, explains, you know, what we do as a company and how we take care of people and we try to do the right things. Um, and during that time, I said, you know, well, I always thought about trying to, you know, move into, you know, trying to make a difference for people. And whether that's in their landscape or some type of construction trade, that's just kind of what's always driven me to, you know, the passions that I've always enjoyed. And so I, uh, you know, the reason why I kind of joined initially um, the David Expert Company is because I was able to go out and maintain clients and visit people's properties and help care for their landscape and guide them in the right directions on the things to do. You know, and one of my main passions behind that was, is that, uh, you know, I had an aunt and an uncle uh, who were like grandparents to me. And my uncle was pretty passionate about uh, trees just in general. He had an orchard and he would teach us about fungicide applications and how to do proper pruning. And, you know, when he passed away, uh, you know, my aunt had tried to hire landscapers to try to care for the property and take care of the orchard and stuff. And while I was off at college, well, um, you know, during that time, she would constantly get taken advantage of by, you know, landscaping companies, um, just uh, people that, uh, you know, took advantage of her based upon that she didn't actually know what needed to be done. And she always looked for their guidance. And during that process, they would always charge her through, you know, an exponential amount of cost to do that which was just uh, completely unfair and so when i got out of college you know i started taking care of the orchard and so forth but she uh you know during that time uh you know numerous different landscape companies would overcharge her tell her that she needed to plant these things and do certain things and when i got this job opportunity with davy you know it was a way for me to actually take care of people that didn't understand how to take care of their landscape and be honest about it and guide them in the right direction on what truly needed to be done and how to protect their trees. And, you know, so I've always, uh, you know, admired working with, you know, an older generation of clients to where they looked for us, to, you know, the Davy expert company to guide them in the right direction and tell them what they needed. And that was, uh, that was awesome. 
to be able to do day in and day out and maintain these clients' properties, but yet make sure that we're doing the right thing for them and guiding them in the right direction. Well, it's time for you to guide this old guy (laughs) into keeping these deer off my trees and shrubs. You know, I'm in Pennsylvania. The deer problem is terrible. I mean, all over the country, uh, you know, they'll eat just about anything. So when you when you go to a landscape and you see these plants getting devastated by the deer, I just had a, a, someone sent me a picture today wondering what happened to their azalea. You know, it's just a little, you know, I just planted it. It's, a, it's just a little thing. And I just looked at it right away. Like the deer just ravaged every bud off there, just took everything. And she was, th- th- she was thinking like, is this vandals? I said, in a way, yes. So, so what's right. the first step to keep the deer at bay in the landscape? Yeah, I know uh, deer are an extreme problem just, uh, you know, in every state, um, you know, we deal with it pretty heavily out here in Minnesota. Um, but, you know, how to help, you know, combat with, you know, rodent and deer issues from deer browsing is, you know, many different facets that you can do. You can install, you know, deer fencing and netting to try to keep them from foraging and feeding on those particular plants during, you know, low food inventories. Um, but another way is to also do, uh, you know, applications of certain products that, uh, you know, will repel uh, deer and rodents from wanting to eat those plants because of the taste and the smell that is applied to that plant. All right. So let's first talk about the, those physical barriers. Now, for yeah. most most of us, we can't fence out the entire yard. In my case, I'm on four acres, so that's not going to happen. Sure. Can I just do like groups of plants or separate plants and just maybe put some uh, stakes around it? Or how, how do you do it? Yeah, I mean, so there's many different ways that we go about doing it here. Um, you know, I get it. Yeah, with large uh, properties, it's hard to put fencing around every plant that the deer might graze on. But, you know, plants that they're, you know, acceptable to deer browsing, like arborvitaes, for instance, they love to nibble on arborvitaes in the winter, like techni arborvitaes. Um, so if you have those as like a privacy screen, you're going to see deer browsing like the first four to five feet up on those plants on really hard winters. So usually try to, you know, look at the most valuable plants that you're trying to really truly protect and maybe wrap those in a deer fencing, you know, away from the plant to keep the, the deer from actually encroaching over and feeding on those plants. Um, but yeah, netting, burlapping, um, a lot of the times like, you know, on say crab apple trees, for instance, during the winter months, you'll get a lot of rabbit activity that feed around the base and they'll actually girdle those trees. So what we do is we apply burlapping around the base of those plants because rabbits don't like to nibble on the burlap. And what we end up doing is applying, you know, a repellent application. So on top of not chewing on the, the burlap, they also don't like the smell of that area or the taste. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that next is is using some type of repellent for the deer and for these other problems. I was just thinking deer, but now you're bringing up rabbits. What else do we need to talk about before we get to those uh, repellents? What else are we trying to repel? Yeah, uh, voles, um, you know, those are some of the main issues during the winter months, too, because they do like to feed around the fibrous roots of those plants. Um, but rabbits are the main issue, along with just deer in general. Um when deer are hungry, they're going to nibble on 
you know, they're going to go around and use your property as, you know, a buffet. And they're going to try different plants. And, you know, we always find that there's certain species of plants that they, you know, enjoy more like the arborvitaes I keep referring back to. Those are a big issue that we deal with consistently on trying to protect those plants. What's funny about that is that at some point, people were saying an arborvitae was a deer-resistant plant, but that's certainly not the case (laughs) in my yard. Right. I mean, and there's certain species of arborvitaes that deer don't enjoy as much, um, but they will they will eat on just about any arborvitae that I have seen in the landscape. Um, that's why we do try to fence them. Um, you know, the fencing does work well. Um, it is a little bit labor intensive, but once you invest in the fencing and the netting and you just have a plan in place yearly, it's fairly easy to install. You just have to store it throughout the summer months, but that is a, you know, a good barrier to put up if you're truly trying to protect your landscape plants. And then what kind of stuff are you guys spraying on, on the trees and shrubs? Because you can't be there like we are every day. You've got to spray something on there. that's going to stick and stay for a while, right? Exactly. Like there's a lot of like over the counter products, um, you know, such as deer off, which you go to the local hardware store, you, you can buy that and you apply the application to the plant but that has a residual maybe three to four weeks, depending on what type of weather conditions that were within those couple of weeks. If you had a lot of rainfall or heavy, wet snow, you might get a week and a half of repellent out of that. Um, there are some other products out there um, that you know we use um, that have somewhere between a three to a five month residual. Uh, works quite well and it also provides an anti-desiccant to the plant as well to help it from getting winter burn throughout the, you know, you know, uh, when the ground is, you know, unthawing, but yet as fully not completely unthawed and your plants are actually starting to require moisture. So what kind of stuff are you guys spraying? Yeah, we're using uh, certain products called like Deer Pro, for instance. Uh, Deer Pro is uh, a great product. Um, it's, you know, it's got a four to a six month residual. Um, the only difference with Deer Pro versus Deer Fence is Deer Pro actually goes on um, as a green uh, application color. And, you know, you have to be really diligent on how you spray that because it can stain the side of your siding without being immediately wiped off or, you know, washed off. And that's hard to do during the winter months. Um, the Deer Free product, for instance, goes on transparent, um, you know, where it's a clear application. We've had pretty good results with it, um, you know, and that's something that a homeowner can buy over the, over the counter and go buy a little two-gallon pump sprayer at Home Depot and go ahead and apply those products. Although you make you got to make sure you mix it appropriately uh, and then stay on time with the application and making sure if you're starting to see a lot more activity in that area to put down another application. You know, they give you a window of how long that product's going to work, but you need to you need to pay attention to your yard for the activity as well. All right, let's talk about deer resistant plants. I just need your list of the ten things deer won't eat. I'm going to plant those, and then I think I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I wish we could uh, give you those, um, but unfortunately, uh, you know, there's it's pretty hard to be able to find um, you know, trees and shrubs in a landscape that deer won't graze on. Um, doesn't mean that they will devour them, but uh, there are certain plants that they actually enjoy more than others. Um, you know, we find 
when they're hungry, uh, in the middle of the winter, when there's no food, um, they're going to nibble on just about anything to try it out. Um, but there are certain plants that I do find and do see that they uh, don't feed on as heavily. And, you know, like if we lead into some shrubs, like some common shrubbery that people plant around their landscapes that I don't see much activity take place with is like boxwoods, like a smoke bush, uh, spirea, um, you know, rhododendrons. We've always had pretty good luck with those. You know, a common lilac even. Um, you know, that's a pretty common plant that people love. You know, we've had pretty good success with those. And do you see where in different areas one plant might be devoured and then, you know, maybe the next county over, that herd doesn't doesn't uh, attack it in the same way? Yeah, you see, you know, it, depending on the population in that area, um, you know, and whether where that property is actually located, is it, you know, does it have native area fairly close by to where their, you know, deer can go back and hibernate to, or is it actually, you know, right in the middle of the heart of the city and suburbs to where, yeah, those shrubs might not get, you know, touched nearly as much or at all because there's no deer activity. So let's go back to the burlap, uh, you know, especially like in our climate, in this, our colder climates in the east here, I'm always surrounding my hydrangeas with burlap to keep those buds from freezing out, but it has a dual purpose. Sure. It's also keeping the deer off those buds because the deer love my hydrangea buds. <laughs> but you're using the burlap also, like you said, for for the rabbits. And does that work for voles too, or, or for the voles you're using a, a some kind of repellent? Yeah, so voles, a lot of the times, like right up before the ground freezes, we'll put down a granular application around the base of those plants. And you know, that deters the voles from coming in to feed on those fibrous roots beneath the ground. But when that ground freezes, those voles will come up and actually feed around the base of those plants and actually feed on, you know, the cambium aspect of those. Um, and that's usually why you see decline or complete girdling. So we're using burlap to try to control as far as them feeding and chewing on the bark of those plants. And same for the rabbits, right? You just put some yep. wrap burlap down on the lower part. Yep, we wrap the trunk uh, um, with burlap, and then we treat it with you know one of our application products to help have a repellent there as well. And we should mention that voles are different than moles. We're talking about voles with a V, and they feed on, on plant material, and that's why we're worried about them during the winter, right? Exactly. You know, So a lot of times when they have that snow cover, is when you'll see a lot of activity beneath the ground of girdling and chewing taking place on the base of those plants. So it must feel pretty good for you, as we talked at the beginning of the podcast, to be out with those clients and protecting their trees and shrubs from deer, rabbit, and voles and doing it the right way. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's fun to be able to you know, protect people's investments. I mean, a lot of people take great prides in their property and they invest, you know, a lot of money into their landscaping. And the best thing that we can do here at Davy Tree is we try to protect our landscape and give them sound advice that's been practiced for, you know, generations that uh, what we use, we feel confident in using to where we're going to protect their landscape so they're not throwing the money away that they invested in those plants by deer browsing, you know, rodent issues, and 
you know, a lot of the times you do have to invest a little bit in order to maintain that. And that's what we find. Thanks so much, Travis. Great to keep our landscape safe from the deer, rabbits, and voles. One thing, uh, when we talked earlier this week that we found out we had in common, neither one of us has ever caught a muskie, which is a big fish. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, one day I hope to, but we, we shall see. Uh, but no, it's uh, been really fun talking with you too, Doug, uh, in regards to just talking about how we protect people's landscapes during the winter months. All right. Thanks again. Absolutely. Take care. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Next week, we'll talk about doing a winter walkthrough on your property and discuss what to look for. Remember, on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. <laughs>